In this episode, we'll look at Romans chapter 11. We will see how God is always working in the world to draw people closer to Him. We'll also see Paul's deep conviction about his calling to reach lost people. The problem that Paul's addressing in chapter 11 centers on the questions that he asked back in chapter 9. He's trying to make sense of Israel's disbelief in the Messiah and how they forfeited their salvation. Also, Paul is trying to reconcile the credibility and the competency of God. It looks as though God is unfaithful to his people. But in this chapter, Paul will help us see that God is faithfully pursuing the human race. I'm thankful that you took time today to pull up a seat. I hope these few minutes together help you follow Jesus better by deepening your relationship with Him and helping you live intentionally for Him every day. Paul's going to show his readers God's sovereignty. He's going to show them God's mercy and God's activity in the salvation process. First, Paul describes how God uses Israel's disbelief to bring the Gentiles into the kingdom of God. Israel had rejected Jesus as the Messiah, while the Gentiles, on the other hand, had accepted Jesus. The outsiders became the insiders when those who should have been in the know rejected the truth. As the Gentiles come into the kingdom through faith in Jesus, the Israelites become jealous And then they begin to trust Jesus as the Messiah as well. As I think about what Paul's doing here, it forces me to think back to high school about the girl who lets the guy go, and then all she does is want to get back with that guy. Israel had let Jesus go. Then Jesus and the Gentiles get close. Then Israel wants Jesus back. So what we see from this is God is always at work bringing people to salvation. God's grace and his mercy are poured out on those who accept Jesus as the Messiah. Because God is at work drawing people to him, there's some things that we should think about. Maybe even some things we should do. First off, we should be united and unified with other people who love Jesus, regardless of how they're different from us or how we're different from them. Think about the church to Rome. Think about the church in Rome that Paul was originally writing to. It was made up of people from all kinds, rich and poor, male and female, people from every tribe. God's church should be diverse, but it also should be united around the person and work of Jesus Christ. Second, because God is always at work and he's sovereign, we can have hope. If God can use Israel's rebellion and the Gentiles' acceptance of Jesus to draw people into the kingdom, he is powerful. He is in control. He can truly work all things out to good for those who love God. So if you are a follower of Jesus, hope. If life is kicking your butt, you can hope. If you are down and out, put your hope in Jesus. He is big and he can work. Live with hope. Third, we should worship God. 
He is the greatest being. God is sovereign. He is all-powerful. He is all-knowing. He is good. God sent his son Jesus to rescue and restore us. God should be the center of our attention. He should be the subject of our songs. <coughs> Worship is more than singing. And what happens for an hour in a sanctuary on Sunday? We can worship God everywhere. We should live in awe of Him and what He has done for us. We should live like we know Him. We can worship God by how we date, how we drive, how we work. We can worship God by loving others. We can worship God by how we spend our time. Worship is my best attempt to respond to an awesome God. So, you and I should worship God because of what He has done for us. We should worship God because of who he is. We should worship God, period. That brings me to our final point of how we can respond to God's work in the salvation of history. To me, this one is the greatest way to worship him. Because God is active in bringing people to himself, we should be telling others about Jesus and the gospel. As we've th seen throughout Romans, especially in chapters 9, 10, and 11, we see Paul's burden for his people, the Israelites. But we also see his calling to reach the Gentiles with the good news of the grace of God. Paul sacrifices everything to proclaim the good news and help people understand it. You and I can get in on the work of growing the kingdom by telling others what Jesus has done for you and for me and showing them how they can experience Jesus. So I just want to ask you some questions to see if you're willing and ready to tell other people about him. Do you have a burden for people who are far from God? Are you praying for them? Are you looking for an opportunity to turn the conversation to Jesus so that you can tell them about the good news? We should all be telling, about, telling people about Jesus. We can worship God this week by telling others about him. To recap and refocus everything on God, let's listen to how Paul wraps up chapter 11. Oh, how great are God's riches and wisdom and his knowledge. How impossible it is for us to understand his decisions and his ways. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to give him advice? And who has given him so much that he needs to pay it back? For everything comes from him and exists by his power and is intended for his glory. All glory to him forever. Amen. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode of Pull Up a Seat. If you've not yet subscribed, do that now so you can get content as soon as it comes out. Also, please help us get the word out by sharing on social media and inviting others to pull up a seat. Until next time, grow in your relationship with Jesus and find one way to live intentionally for Him. See you next time when we pull up a seat.